Welcome to the Sports Journal, the show where we dive deep into the inspiring journeys of sports figures who have left a mark on the game. Today, we have a very special episode for all the golf lovers and aspiring athletes out there. We are sitting down with Ronald Rugumayo, a name that has recently acted itself into the history books of Ugandan sports. Rugumayo has achieved what no Ugandan has before, making the cut at the prestigious Magical Kenya Open. His journey from the greens of Uganda to the international stage is nothing short of remarkable. So grab your headphones and let's get into the swing of things as we uncover the drive, determination and the talent of Ronald Rugomayo. For, for starters, how huge was this achievement? Because it is a feat that was welcomed with a lot of excitement, not only in Uganda or in Kenya, but across the world. Honestly, not only to me, but for golf in Uganda, for golf, for Africa, and for the world, it was a dream come true. One, me as a player, I've always dreamed of playing on the DP Tour. Not only just playing on the DP Tour, but performing. Because mm. you could be playing there, but you're not perfect. So, it's been always my dream to make a cut on the DP Tour. Not even just a cut, more than that. Because mm. uh, I have the potential. But uh, I'm really grateful. Today I was overwhelmed by the way I was welcomed by the airport. <laughs> I was welcomed as if, as if I'm the president. So honestly, for me, this was not about me. This was about my country. This was about my region. This was about to inspire my generation. This was about to inspire my fellow pro who is there and lost hope. Because the truth is, we have the talent, we have the potential, but sometimes we lack that support. Yeah. As we might all imagine, golf is an expensive sport. So honestly to me, it was the best week of my career, but at the same time, it's not about what I've won, because yeah. last week I've earned the biggest check of my golfing career as a pro. But to me, it's more, it's not about the money, it's more about showing your way to my fellow golfers, inspiring my generation and inspiring my fellow pros. I mean, inspiring the whole world, making my country proud. That is what that matters to me. You've uh, repeatedly uh, talked about doing it for your country, inspiring different people, young golfers, professional golfers who have uh, lost hope. Maybe just to paint a picture, how much time do you invest in your time? For this particular event, how much time did you invest in uh, training and uh, preparing uh, to make sure that uh, you just you don't just go out there to compete, but you make the cut to be part of uh, those uh, golfers that get into the money bracket. I'll take you back. Last year I was so disappointed with myself because last year I went into last year's Kenya Open when I was feeling great, but I was disappointed by results. And you see, to me, this is how I look at it. Results do not lie. Mm. In golf, I think not only golf, in life. In life too. Where you are is where you deserve to be. So when I was disappointed by how I played last year, and most of the Ugandans had hope in me, I said, Mayo, no, you need to do something. Luckily enough, that's the time when I got a manager. So we sat down, me and my manager, we said that we were like, Mayo, look, here we have tournaments. Yes, you are playing, but uh, they are not competitive enough to put you in the zone we want you to be. Mm. Secondly, after Kenya Open, what next? I played Kenya Open, after Kenya Open, I would come here and sit. Mm. I go back again to that rusty zone. Mm. I have to wait again for 
Kenya Open next year. So the first major thing that we did as a team, I would say we you looked... By team, you mean you and your management team? Yes, me and my management team. We looked ahead of ourselves. We said, Mayo, the only way you can get better is playing. And not just playing, but playing more competitive tournaments. That's when, that's where I best to join South Africa on the Sunshine Tour. So I've been, the whole of last year, I was playing on the Sunshine Tour. As we all know when it comes to golf, South Africa is the home of golf. Mm. So it's not just playing on the Sunshine Tour, but I've been playing against the best golfers in Africa, not only in Africa, in the world. So that one alone, it has a special way has shaped me. Secondly, I would say that I'm proud of myself that I'm always ambitious. Mm. I always look at people that I admire. How do they do their things? Mm. And I've always aimed higher. So I've been always putting in time, commitment. I had to sacrifice. I had to leave my family alone. I mean, in this world, I'm just 30. I'm going to make 31. Mm. But I had to leave my family alone. And luckily enough, my fiance was there for me. She was like, no, you have the future. I know you are good. There's no way how you can get better when you stay here. Mm. And I really thank him. She has she always, shared the dream with you. Yes, she shared the dream with me. She supported me. She was like, no, don't get worried about me. I mean, I'll wait for you. Let's go. I will be there for you as long as we talk, as long as we communicate. Mm. And I went to South Africa. The first thing I did when I went to South Africa was to put a Ghanaian flag on my bag, my golf bag, and to get a Ghanaian flag on my arm. Mm, a wristband in the colors of the Ghanaian yes, flag. Yes, a wristband. Why did I do all this? Sometimes I, I get tough days on the course or I'm training. As you know, eh, you can wake up, you feel everything is not going your way. But each and every time I look at the Ghanaian flag, I'm like, Maya, you are not here for you. So mm. it reminds me, you are not here for you. You are here for your country. I've always had a dream of inspiring people because there's always that first person. There's always that first person. So I've always wanted to be that person who can show people the way. Or I've always wanted to be that person to be an important part of someone's story. Mm. You see, like me. I'd say it wasn't for my brother who was playing golf, or, it, or if it wasn't for people like Dewa Kope, Kaseja Steven, I wouldn't be playing golf. That's why I say, like right now, <clears throat> my generation that I'm trying to inspire is lucky because they have some people that they are looking up to. But for me, by the time I started playing golf, there was no one that I would look up to. There was no one that inspired me. And if I tell you the way that I started golf, it is it is a funny story. It is a long way. Mm -hmm. If you don't mind, you can share. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. At some point, I never imagined that I could play golf, to mm -hmm. be honest with you. Mm -hmm. I loved soccer so much. Because my older brother, called Ochenge Thomas, uh, sorry, Chime Thomas, was one of the best footballers. He was called Ochenge. So he played for St. Leo's during the time of Ryan. So he played for St. Leo's, he played for Mpanga SS. So I used to admire him. So I joined a football team called Volcano FC, yeah. under 14. Yeah. I played, I played like for some good months. Because I was good, I was good. I mean, 
I'm so grateful that um, our family we are sportsmen. So one time, my older brother called Katemba Charles. Mm. He was a golfer. He won Mukwano Open. So when he won Mukwano Open, he was given a TV and a trophy. Which was that? Do you remember that? I don't remember as a little boy. Uh, so he was given a TV and a trophy. When he came back home carrying a TV and a trophy, I was like, my hold on. Golf is an individual game. When you play, you win as an individual. Whereas in football, <laughs> each and everything you win, you win it as a team. Mm. And the, not only that, you can play well, but your teammate lets you down. So, like I said, because I was ambitious, as result-oriented, eh, as result-minded, I said, my, you know, I can't play soccer anymore. Mm. I went to. That was not it all. Because as a little kid, Mm. I couldn't afford to buy a golf club. I couldn't afford to to buy a golf ball. You know what I did? Mm-mm. Early in the morning at six, I went to the farm. We had a farm near the farm. We had uh, banana plantations. We had planted cassavas there. My first golf club was a cassava stick. And the reason why it was a cassava stick, it was not the best, but it was the only stick I could manage to break. Yeah, at the time, are you in that alone or with other fellow kids? I'm alone. I'm alone. Mm. My first golf club was a cassava stick. And the only reason why I chose a cassava stick, it was the only stick I could manage to break. And guess what? My first golf ball was an avocado seed. Wow. <laughs> Cassava stick for club, avocado seed for golf ball. For golf ball. I played, I played, I played, I started picking as like, yes, eh? as enjoying it. Now, from there, luckily enough, my older brother that I follow, not the other one that won the golf tournament, mm. was a kid. So I played, I played, I played after like one month, two months. One day it was a Sunday because the course would normally get busier mm. during the weekend. I woke up earlier than him. I left home. I went to Vinga Stadium and I waited for him. Because mm. I remember that day, you know, I grew up at home. We had cows. So that day it was my turn to take the meal mm. for sale. Mm. But I said no. I waited for him at Vinga Stadium. When he came, I told him, I was like, hey, bro, today I'm going with you to go to club. We went, but because I was a kid and I was not strong enough, the first time I stepped at the club, there was a shosho and it was raining. Because I was weak, I couldn't manage to carry a, a, a club. Mm. They gave me a broom to sweep the veranda where members reach as soon as they leave the course. Because mm. it was full of grass. Remember, it was rainy season. So I spent that day sweeping there. So after that, there was there's a, a gentleman called Kituko George. For him, he would play, but he would carry his clubs. He's the only, he's the first person that I carried for because he didn't have a golf bag. He had a golf bag, but because he was good, he could just pick a few clubs and go with those. So he gave me his clubs. I started as a KD. From being a KD, we would play some tournaments. I remember around 2012, there, 2013, Justice Elder Mangusha was my boss. I was kidding for him. Sponsored mm. the tournament, get this tournament, and I won it. So from At the there, time, you have your own equipment or nothing, just nothing, mm. nothing, nothing. Remember, by that time, we are not even allowed to swing when you are carrying a member's bag. 
Mm. You are not allowed to swing. That is indiscipline. But for me, some things I would steal clubs because for the love that I have, I would steal clubs or try to swing. So after that, when I won that tournament, I was recruited into an artisan. An artisan is the second stage after being a KD. Mm. Okay, the, the difference between an artisan and a KD, an artisan, you are allowed to play the course, but there are some privileges you don't get because you are not a full member. Mm. So from there, as recruited as a KD, no, as an artisan, surprisingly, by coincidence, my first tournament I played was Mukwano Open. Mm. And Mukwano Open is the exact tournament my brother won. And inspired you. And inspired to me. football for golf. Yes. It's the first tournament that I played. I played and I won. But because I was underage. How old were you at the time? I was about 15, no, I was about 16, 15 there, mm. and I won. But because I was underage, I was just given tea to take home. Majan. Yeah, majan. <laughs> tea leaves, tea home. bags. Me, I was okay. I was okay. I'm living my dream. I was mm. okay. I was very okay. I went home because I was addictive with golf. After that tournament, because I won one Open when I was in P7. Mm. So the following year, I completed P7, and my older brother was not okay with me playing golf. The one who was a golfer? Yes, the one who was a golfer. So they sent me to Itojo Kilsed Academy. It is right after Itozo Hospital. If you know in Tungamo, mm. Itozo Hospital. Right after Itozo Hospital, there's a school there. They sent me there, senior one, as there. To keep you away from playing golf? To keep me away from playing golf. As there, one year, things didn't go well. Second year, things didn't go well. Now it came back. As open to them, I was like, no, I can't. I can't start them far away from you. And remember, I'm the last born. So you know you know how last bonds we are treated. Eh? I said, no, I want to come back. Luckily enough, they listened to me and they allowed me. The time I came back, I had spent some good time off the course like three years, like two years. When I came back, I had like five months. Toro Golf Club, we hosted national team qualifiers, mm. 2009. Ha, as hot. <laughs> I dominated. Mm. I qualified for both junior team and senior team. And senior team. I was supposed to go to Scotland for the junior team, but there are a few things that came up and I didn't make, mm. and I didn't make it. I saw, that's how I joined the national team. I played national team for eight years, and I think I'm the only player with most wins on the national team for East African Challenge. Mm. So after that, I was living my dream. Mm. Every day we could go on the course. You know, Toro course is not so busy, so every day I would be on the course. So I played on the national team for eight years. No, for, yeah, for eight years. 2017, I won Uganda Open. Here at Chitan. Yes, at Chitan. What made the news, it's not about winning the Uganda Open, but the way I won it. I think I need to research about it. There's, honestly, I need to research about it. I don't think there's any other player in the world who has won with three buddies in the playoff. Three buddies in the playoff. Yeah, playoffs are like penalties. When you tie with someone, mm. you play three extra holes to determine this the one. And you had buddies on all the three holes. Yes, and I had buddies on all the three holes. As playing against Otile, Otile had won it twice. 
so he was he had come for the third third yeah so he was i mean i think that has i think that is the best the most interesting uganda open ever the history of golf in uganda i don't know you can ask people about it they can tell you but that's what they say in fact i had a very long part on 17 after there i went to mbarara i found kids there they were playing and they were like ha i'm going to beat urugumayo's party hmm? <laughs> yeah eh? i'm going to beat urugumayo's party but, oh, it was amazing sorry to cut you short but mm. talking about buddies mm. what relationship did you have with our whole 18 and 17 in kenya i think out of the four days you had three buddies on 18 and if i'm not mistaken two buddies on 17. Uh, i buddied 17 at... all the way through mm-hmm. and 18 all the way through uh, Were those your favorite holes? Not really, but uh, I love finishing strong. So I like it when I'm finishing strong. So I like to start slow or to start by getting in two moods and then you finish strong. So it's always a good feeling for me when I finish strong. So actually, for the entire week of Kenya Open, I've, when it comes to finishing strong, I kicked the box and uh, I mean you see you just have to keep them on I mean the, the only thing I love about finishing strong you are finishing those are the last holes you don't have to drop you don't have to give any shot away to the course let the course give you shots but don't give away any shots to the course because you are finishing mm-hmm. and you have no chance of recovery so it is always you pick instead of dropping Yes, as uh, we wind up, of course, success in sport or in life comes with sacrifices. Uh, earlier on, you had talked about uh, leaving your family behind, but uh, you have a supportive fiance who understood. Is that the biggest sacrifice you've had to make in your golfing journey or their bigger sacrifices? Yes, 100%. I mean, love wins. Mm. Love wins, unless you're not a normal human being. Sacrificing mostly leaving the person that you love most, leaving the person behind that you feel you cannot live without. Mm. But one thing I like about that, it has really pushed me. When I'm down south, I don't waste time. I'm like, hey, Mayo, look, you left your family behind. So you must make it count. Mm. So leaving my family behind, it has motivated me a lot. Because at the end of the day, I have to be accountable for my fiance, mm. for my wife. Honestly, how would it feel? Last year I left here for I left her here for eight months. I went there and every time we are talking, I tell her I'm not performing well. You get my point? Yeah, I do. So that that has been always my first motivation. I'm accountable. Someone is waiting for results at home. You left home to go and look for I results. I left home to go and look for results. So if I don't look for results, mm. what will she think? Mm. Won't she think I'm here doing some other things? Mm. Then besides that, I think I've been lucky. <clears throat> I met Mr. Peter Mujeni, he's my manager. Mm. We met three people with same dreams, with mm. similar dreams. Mm. Peter had a dream, I have a dream, my wife has a dream. So we combined three of us. Mm. 
and uh, it's really 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 a complete team it's a dream team honestly i thank peter for believing in me i thank my dear wife i even call her heaven saint for being there for me for being supportive and of course without forgetting i thank those people who have been there for me there's nothing as sweeter as being an important part in someone's story. Mm. You can give me a million shilling or any amount of money. I'll use it and it will get done. But when someone is there for you, when you need help the most, I can't really find the right word that I can use for people who have been there for me. But there's no any other way I can thank them other than continuing performing well and achieving my dreams. Yes, as I let you go, of course you've started the year on a high note. Mm. What should your fans expect from you for the rest of 2024? Actually, to me, I'm looking at it in a very different perception. Where I am right now, it's getting tougher. Actually, it's tougher. Why? The whole world is watching. Mm. Not only me, and now this goes to all the golfers in Uganda. The whole world is watching. I have a lot to prove. This should just be the starting of everything. I have a lot to prove in such a way that I have to show the world that what happened last week wasn't a fluke. Rugumayo Ronald worked for it. He deserves it. Uganda deserves it. And everyone in Uganda deserves it. So, it's, and this is not only about me. It's only, it's, it is the entire country because I'm not the only golfer. Yes, I've, I've put Uganda on the map, but there are so many golfers. So everyone is looking at Uganda. What has Uganda done? What has Uganda done? What is Uganda about to do? So this is a call to me as a player. If before I made this history, if I was putting 100%, now I have to put 101%. Because I have to prove the world. I have to show everyone. There are some people who might think that, no way, Ugumai was lucky because he was in his region. Mm. There are those people. Hmm? They don't know how tough it is to gun. Exactly. Exactly. So I just have to keep doing what I'm doing. And to me, this is just the start of each and everything. And to my fellow Ugandans, honestly, between you and I, you have the talent. As you all know, golf is such an expensive sport. This is my humble request to mostly the government and these corporate companies. Most of the time, corporate companies come in to support us for big events. To me, I strongly believe we would do much better if that kind of sponsorship is more of a marriage between the player and the company. And the company. Not just a relative visit. If that sponsorship is more of a long term, because honestly, what happens during your preparation, during your practice, is what determines how you're going to perform. True. To be honest with you, I started preparing for this year's Kenya Open right the following day after last year's Kenya Open. So the whole year, the whole year, I've been preparing myself. And if you ask people that have been following me, or if you got a chance to watch my interview, golf is a process. You can't flow. There's no any step you can jump. Whatever happened last week, I deserve it and I work towards it. Secondly, and the last one, like I said, this generation now is lucky. My, the upcoming golfers, the young golfers, 
because on, honestly, the kids are the future. They are lucky they have people to look up. Not against education, of course, education is the best thing, but at some point, I feel talents have been neglected. At the expense of education? At the expense of education. I'll give an example. There's a PGA professional player, Kat Katiyama. One is first major when he was 20 years and won about $3.5 million. Naomi Osaka won her first major when she was 18 and she won some good money about $2.5 million. Where in Africa you can win at that age? It all goes back to our parents. I'm not trying to teach or tell Should it parents. Should be the parents or the system? The first call goes to a parent. Because if you don't want your son to do something, you won't support them. You won't support them. And like kids, honestly, kids, they do what they see. They don't do what they are told to do. So if, if your son grows up seeing you doing something, he will also adapt to that. So, even us as parents, let's support talents. Let's give our children the chance to recognize their talents. Let's not decide for them. To be honest with you, if my dad was alive, my soul rests in eternal peace. But I don't think if my dad was alive, I'd be playing golf. Uh, sorry, I wouldn't be playing golf. One, he was a teacher, was an headmaster. <laughs> what is sport here? Mm. And, and your brothers, are, are they proud of you now? Yes, they are proud of me without a doubt. Mm. You talk about what happened in the past, them not wanting you to play golf. Uh, actually, my brother is, uh, is even more ambitious than me. I don't think the last time he appreciated me. He keeps telling me, no, you should be doing better than that. Mm. But I like it because it pushes me. Eh? So I really like it. And I know inside, inside him, it's like, no, Ma is doing well, but I have to keep pushing him. So it's been a great journey, but all in all, we have the talent, but we need the support. We need well-facilitated golf academies. Like me, it's been raw talent. It's been raw talent. It's just last year when I got a mental coach, when I got a fitness coach. But now imagine, before these things happened, like when I was 10, where would we be as a country? Or where would now I you can afford a South African card. Any other day, you, you would have put a card on the bus from Uganda to come and be with you or get one in Kenya. Yeah, but you see, this goes back to what I was telling you. I've played so many tournaments. Honestly, between you and I, that card really costed me a lot. Mm. Costed us a lot. But me and my team, I wouldn't. We are very okay even if it was going to cost us the whole package from Absa. We wanted someone who is good enough on the bag and would deliver. So for me, it was not all about the $3,500 I spent on the KD. It was about breaking that ice. And you did. And I did it. So Runa, that's all for me. Talking to us and uh, we'll closely be following. Uh, we hope for 2024 can be a good year. Thank you. Please do. <laughs> thank you, bro. And that wraps up another episode of the Sports Journal. A huge thank you to Ronald Rugumayo for joining us today and sharing his incredible journey. His story is a testament of the power of perseverance, hard work, and the endless possibilities that await those who dare to dream big. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in. We hope Rugumayo's story has inspired you to chase your dreams no matter the odds. Until next time, keep pushing your limits and pursuing your passions. Goodbye and see you in the next episode.